Uh, welcome to Farming Eternal, an eternal podcast for farmers, hosted by Patrick, or Potamaru, and me, Hats on Lamps. It's episode 71. For those of you tuning in for the first time, we are a draft-focused podcast about Eternal, the card game. Our goal is to help you and me, mostly me, get better at draft. We get into the nitty-gritty of the drafting process with a little meta-analysis and play tips thrown in. Uh, Patrick cannot be here this week, um, but I have a guest. This week we are talking with E. Moneybags. Uh, he me- recently made top eight in the Eternal Draft Championship. We're going to talk about that. Uh, you may know him from his Twitch stream where he brings you the Eric experience. Welcome to the show, E. Moneybags. Hi, uh, Hats. Thank you for having me. And um, sorry, uh, Pato couldn't be here to join us. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's a shame. He's having he's having farming related problems, uh, yeah. which will hopefully re- be resolved by next episode. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and and don't worry, uh, everyone, anyone that listens to the podcast regularly, um, he's not injured. <laughs> it's just <laughs> a problem with a truck. He hasn't dropped anything on himself. He's fine. <laughs> just busy. Good. Good. Because, because farming takes up time. Uh, so, so how was your uh, how was your draft week uh, this week, Eric? All right. So I recently fired up a few. Uh, part of it is getting the free tickets from watching the uh, the ECQs. For uh, sure. That's always a good uh, incentive for me to to just fire one back off. Um, but um, I did another one after that too. Uh, so I've only done two in like the last three weeks. Um, or normally I'm doing maybe one a day. Uh, it's just uh, it's just fatigue with the current draft format. For sure. And we were talking about this a little bit before uh, before we started the podcast. Um, but but what is it about this format that is fatiguing? All right. So this format to me feels like. One where you you have to open well, where you, where you need the cards to be available in the packs. Uh, it, it doesn't feel like it's more about the building the deck or, or playing the games first. To me, first, this format is about opening well and just getting lucky with the packs. Yeah, that's how it feels to me a lot of the time, too. Um, and I... Uh, and I'm usually the the biggest proponent of the idea that you can do well no matter what. Uh-huh. And uh, and this this format was really the one that did me in, <laughs> the one that like just uh, just convinced me that there was too much variance. That no matter how skillfully I cobbled together a deck, I might just get trounced three times in a row by yeah, someone who opened good rares. And I just haven't felt that to this degree ever before (laughs) that's that's it exactly i was ready to just stop playing eternal as far as draft goes uh because i was just getting fed up and you know i was talking to sizzle and i was just like i can't stand this format anymore i just can't do it i'm just gonna wait till the next one and he's like nah man i got this one down i know what i'm doing i feel good here let me teach it so it's really Uh sizzle that kind of brought me back in line yeah there's definitely some people who are having a better experience with this format um and you know it might just come down to to different styles or something yep uh 
there, there's people on the Farming Eternal Discord who still feel like this is one of their favorite formats, even with the changes. Uh, so, you know, I can't say that for sure, but I am glad to hear you feel the same way about it that I do, because <laughs> sometimes I feel like I'm going crazy. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's it. I was just like, what else do I have to do to get a freaking win? <laughs> I, I, I was I was drafting good decks. I was reading the right signals. I was getting bombs, and I was still just getting out bombed. And I'm like, "Give me a break, please." Yeah, yeah, but there's no there's no shame in taking a little break from the game and coming back to it uh, later on. So that's probably what I'm going to be doing. I haven't drafted since our last episode. Uh, Patamaru and I drafted a deck together on the last episode because we had nothing else to talk about. <laughs> so we spent the episode drafting together. We ended up with a Stone Scar deck. Not a particularly focused Stone Scar deck, just whatever cards we could find to put into the deck. Uh, and we didn't know we were drafting Stone Scar for sure until midway through pack three, I think. Yeah. <laughs> um, because the signals were all over the place as they usually are. That deck went 7-1. 7-1. Yep. And I'll tell you, the reason is probably because we opened Obliterate in, in pack two, and okay. then uh, General Azalio in pack three. <laughs> um, and yum. <laughs> I feel like those were major contributors to our success. Yes, and then that's what you have to do. You gotta, You got to... It is about putting yourself in a spot, you know, maybe staying open to be able to reap those rewards. Yes. But also, you just, the cards have to be there in this format. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I guess there's probably a whole episode that we should do at some point about just, like, how would you design a format correctly? But uh, it's a bigger topic than what I wanted to get into. Okay. Yeah, I'd, uh, I'd be all over that one, though. I would love to sit in on that one. Yeah, I will keep that in mind. So let's do some announcements. Uh, you can check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash farmingeternal. For as little as a dollar a month, you get access to our show notes uh, and recording bloopers, and you also nudge us towards our Patreon goals. Uh, I want to thank all of our veteran patrons, Cotillion, Loki Trickster, Sigma Tank, Mercurio Blue, Abednego, Meagles, Madness, Parmalee, Darth Herman 2, Twin Hex, Jed the Homerid, Raven Dragon, Esrich 0215, Sunblaze, Worked on Sun, and Yestout. Uh, our patrons really uh, give us the motivation to keep doing this, and uh, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. We're, uh, the next thing we want to talk about is Card of the Week, where we choose a card semi-arbitrarily and then rant about it for a little while. What's your Card of the Week, E-Moneybags? I'm going to go with Ancient Serpent. So this is a six primal, 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 three, four flying serpent. Uh, and on summon, it draws a spell from your void, and it gets void bound. What would you like to say about this card? Okay. Um, okay, so Serpent, it, he was kind of an all-star for me this week in, in these uh, two drafts I did. Um, it is a card that inspires fear, I think, on the other side of the board when it shows up. This 3-4 uh, this flyer comes down. He's, he's hefty by himself. Even though he costs 6, I think a 3-4 is still a pretty hefty flyer. And, uh, and and whenever I see one come down on my opponent's side, I frantically search their void to see what spell they're about to get back and just nail me with. 
the card is very strong, and I think it's a big reason of why these two decks work. Yeah, I've talked about Ancient Serpent a lot on on the podcast before. I think it might have been my favorite card when the new set came out, mm-hmm. uh, or it was just like, oh, that's the one that I want to draft the most often. Yep. <laughs> and I found it sometimes a trap. Like, very occasionally I've ended up trying too hard to draft Primal because I've got an Ancient Serpent, and I know there's going to be a lot of value. Yep. And uh, But that's rare compared to the number of times when when I've got it in my deck and it's clearly the best card I have available to me, even if it's just getting back a treasure trove or something and drawing yeah, a card, exactly. they still have to deal with a three, four flyer. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and then I got two backup cards coming, you know, with, if, if I had like a wisdom of elder. Yep. Yeah. And then you can get back something with revenge and immediately draw a card and have uh-huh. an effect. Oh, it's beautiful. Oh, the, the spell lineup with the first deck, it was it, it really was just about the spells in Ancient Serpent. I had, let's see, Feeding Time, Wisdom of Elders, Imprison, um, one or two other good ones, too. And it, it, they just, it, he just kept showing up at the right time for me and just breaking their back with a second Feeding Time or a second Imprison. It was just nasty. Yeah. Yeah, if you get back something like Feeding Time, then not only are you making their life hard on the turn that you make the 3-4 flyer, their next turn also sucks. Exactly. <laughs> see, that's exactly what I was talking about. He just inspires fear. You look you look and see which spell is about to hit you the next turn. And if it's any quality removal spell, you, you just start falling behind rapidly. Yeah, it takes away your future. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> devours. <laughs> hey, hey Marty McFly your feet is gone buddy. <laughs> ancient serpent the, the biff of the <laughs> yeah, yeah. The biff. um <laughs> Uh, I I only wish that Ancient Serpent had had better art because it is the most symmetrical, <laughs> ridiculous looking card. It is also a ridiculous looking card. It's like, hi guys. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that spell? <laughs> it's that's part of the fear inspiring part of the book. What it's like. Ancient Serpent, leave me alone. Hey, buddy. <laughs> hey there. <laughs> Let me tell you about this spell I found. <laughs> Here, I'll cast it again. No, no. I didn't want it to come again. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm really enthusiastic. I'm really enthusiastic. <laughs> it's a great spell. <laughs> so uh, my card of the week is uh, Dust Hoof Brawler. Okay. Uh, Dust Hoof Brawler is a 5 fire 5-3 five, with Overwhelm. Um, that's it. It's a centaur. It's not a new card. It's uh, it's in the draft packs. I believe it's boosted ten times in the curated draft pack, so you, you tend to see a lot of them right now. Um, and this card is on my mind because I was just watching eMoneyBags uh, during his uh, during the the Direwolf broadcast um, of his uh, of his draft championship games, and something that LSV one of the designers of the game said really stuck with me uh, because eMoneyBags had 
you had you had a dust of brawler in play and then lsv and and uh andrew beckstrom uh started talking about how it wasn't a good card and how they don't wouldn't normally want to put it in the deck but sometimes you just need something that can attack and i was thinking to myself he has to play dust of brawler there's nothing (laughs) else to play (laughs) you just summed it up we're done we're done, Hats. That's, that's that's what the draft championship came down to. I had to play Dust of Brawler. Yeah. There was like, nobody else. What else are you going to put in your fire deck? <laughs> it's not Dust of Brawler. They took everything else out of the draft packs for fire. There's the 5-2 for 4, and then there's Dust of Brawler, and those are the units. <laughs> yes. Like, what... Are, I'm I'm... I'm baffled. Like, did they get an intern to do the dra- <laughs> to do <laughs> the new draft pack so they don't know what's in them? There's no, I was there's, so confused. There's no secret here, anybody listening. There's no secret. You t- you take Dust of Brawler because it's all there is. <laughs> That's it. If you're in fire, you have to have some cards in your deck, right. and Dust of Brawler is fully half of the cards you're going to see. <laughs> Who else you get a run? You want you want two one charge for two. Sure. Yep. That gets stopped get that. so hard. Uh-huh. There's so many blockers that can take care of that thing. They just sneeze at him. He's like, all right, I'm done. I'm done yeah. fighting. The uh the the evangels are are not boosted as much, so you don't see them very often. Otherwise, uh otherwise the, the fire evangel would be fine. Yeah. Uh, it's not even that good in this format for the same exactly. reason that the two one charge isn't good is because the defense is so strong. Exactly. And and Dust of Brawler at least goes with the five strength matters cards. Exactly. Um it's got overwhelm and so all of the all of the justice combat tricks are pretty decent with it. Um mm. it's good with Dark Fire, uh you know, there's it mm. it's it's fine. Obviously, you would probably play something a little bit bigger and more efficient, but this is it. This is what you get. That's right. That's what you get. Uh, you know, now, let me also say <clears throat> Dust of Brawler is not a bad card in the format. Right. Um, I believe in my first draft uh, for the championship, I had three in my deck. And it was the card that I wanted to see. It was the card I kept wanting to draw in a lot of situations because I needed that five power attacker. Yeah. And it does have overwhelm. And we don't always refer to overwhelm as evasion. But if you think of evasion as a way to do damage despite your opponent's blockers, then yeah, it's evasion. Exactly. It's your it's your reach and your and a and a repeatable attacker in one card. Yeah. And it, it combines so well because of the overwhelm and because of the five attack with Might Weaver. Yes. And so yeah. whenever I, I get those two together, then I feel a lot better about having brawlers in my deck. Yeah, it's 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 very scary with a Might Weaver. Yes. Um, much scarier than the five two for four because that exactly. doesn't have overwhelm naturally. That's it. He's like he's like, hey hey two one charge. You want to block me? Because <laughs> <laughs> you can, I can't stop you. That's it. That's it. I'll give you a use again. Here you go. Your two, your two power card is a really good counter to my four power card. <laughs> yeah. 
So uh, let me uh, let's move on to the seven win run breakdown. We have a longstanding data collection project here at Farming Eternal. Our listeners mail us their seven win drafts at farminginternal at gmail.com or post them on the seven win channel of the Farming Eternal Discord. Uh, we accept exported deck lists and any kind of Eternal Warcry link. Uh, we take all this information from our awesome listeners. We compile it into a spreadsheet and then we do data analysis on it to draw conclusions about the format, and then we share those conclusions with our listeners so that we can all benefit, get better at draft. Um, we're not going to be sharing any conclusions about the format today because it is has been static for the last few weeks, um, and there aren't any updates. <laughs> but we will be doing data analysis uh, when the format changes again uh, and tell you what the best factions and cards are. Um, so part of this process is that we shout out the listeners who have submitted lists to us in the past week. So here we go with that. And thank you, as always, to John Holio for entering all of the lists into the spreadsheet. Our new contributor this week, though not new to the draft ladders, is Gerga PM. And our veteran contributors are Agent Dynamo, Apricot Knight, Beard Broken, Commander Salamander, Cotillion, Darth Herman 2, D-Dub, Grandar, Iplong No, Jed the Homerid, Cassendrith, Maxenscam, Maxenscam, uh, Mango Q, Mercurio Blue, Out on a Limb, Shab, Esrich0215, Titus and Blossom, and Vader. Uh, and my name is not on that list for the first time in I don't know how many months because <laughs> I haven't played in a week. So, uh, uh, and I haven't uh, uh, submitted that draft that uh Patamaro and i did together either because i'm waiting for that episode to come out uh this is behind the scenes stuff that i don't really need to be talking about out loud so <laughs> on to our main topic uh, <laughs> uh <laughs> on to our main topic uh so uh do you want to talk about the draft championship a little bit yeah sure um okay. all right so i one i thought it was a very welcome um, addition to the, you know, kind of the tournament series. Um, I remember when I would finish up my matches and I'd jump into the chat on in the Direwolf stream channel, the Twitch stream, and it just seemed like people were excited. People were having fun in the chat, talking about the matches. Uh, a lot of the matches were tight, uh, close games, and... Uh, I think people wanted more of it. So I was very pleased to see that. Um, and then as far as the, uh, the games and the, and the draft went, um, I had practiced with uh, Sizzle for, it was basically like two days before the draft championship. Um, and we did like two drafts at his house and he was just going, he, he was just teaching me, kind of the, the laws of the format as he saw them. And, and they were, um, one, stay open. In your first pack, um, stay open. Try and only commit to one color. Um, and you do this because you want to be fluid for packs two and three. Uh, you need to be fluid for packs two and three because they are very thin. And so you have to reap as much power out of those packs as you can possibly get. Uh, the creatures are very underwhelming at common. Um, the spells are surprisingly good. Uh, I often end up with decks that are like 
15, 16 units, and then just a, a line of great combat tricks, uh, maybe a few attachments. But the, the spells always look good to me. That's, that's kind of, it, it's just something that has stood out to me recently with the latest draft format. Um, and then, but then on the other, on the other end is the creatures look terrible. Some of my creature curves and creature, uh, lineups just look miserable. And I'm just like, I, I don't know how I'm going to win with these things. Um, so it's, it's first get, stay open. And then, um, two was, um, include fat units in your decks, get get make sure you get big units and specifically five power units anything that's five or more power uh i drafted at a premium because the commons in the format are very good at blocking very good at stopping aggro rushes and i'm i'm looking at three in particular um siphoner paladin caravan guard and one that's kind of caught on um, it's, it's, uh, the, uh, what's a Valley, Valley clan sage, the O five that can, uh, dig up spells for four. Um, two. Or it can dig for four, but it costs only two. Exactly. Yeah. And all of those, uh, I mentioned because they all have five butts and, uh, they're just incredibly good at stopping aggro rushes. Um, so I would uh, make sure I got as many creatures that could pound into those uh, five butts as possible. Um, and those those are the main two things. Um, make sure you include big units in your decks and uh, stay open. So is this different than your approach that you had been taking before the championship? Most definitely, man. It, it's it like switched overnight once the new format came out, uh, because the previous one, if I remember correctly, I could play aggro, and that's my favorite way to play almost any card game. It's just, <laughs> and uh, and I was able to put together just blazingly fast decks and just push, push, push with these good combat tricks. And and that was that was actually one of my favorite formats ever from Eternal. Huh. And yeah, then, it really really changed things when they when exactly. they took out all the good units. It it made me miserable. Like <laughs> like I mentioned earlier, to the point where I wasn't even gonna play in the championship, even though I had a free spot. I was just like, I hate this format. I do not want to do this. And right before it, I loved it. Yeah, that's a shame. It's also a shame that the one big uh, draft uh, uh, tournament took place during a format where things uh-huh. had been changed uh, instead of the last one. Yeah, because I agree. I, I liked the one that came before once I got used to it. Yeah. So did you um, did, did you do anything else differently? Like I uh, was taking it super seriously because I also had a free spot on the on the second day of the tournament, and I had like a little notebook so that I could write down if uh, so if my opponent had cast a card with revenge, I could like I could make little marks every time it, like uh, every time they drew a card to know if they were getting closer to the revenge card coming oh. back or not. I was going to write down my opponent's cards that I'd seen in their deck so I could keep track of it. And then I was eliminated in the first round, so all of that 
didn't matter. <laughs> but did you do anything like that? Let's see. I don't think I changed anything. For, okay. for me, it's very important to have less stuff on my mind. Uh, for, for anyone who watched uh, me when I was streaming, um, usually the more stuff happening, like if it's just music playing, maybe a kid running around in the background, um, getting involved with chat, just the more things on my mind, the easier it is for me to make a slip in the game. And so I wanted to just stay, and, and I think I play the best when I have an aggressive deck and I'm able to just keep attacking and, and don't really worry about what the opponent may bring. So what was, what was your deck um, that you played? Okay, the first one, I, I'm pretty sure I went Rakano both times. Mm-hmm. The first one, like I mentioned, I believe it was it it was it was really strong. It was um, let's see, two I think it was two Siphoner Paladins, and I'm just trying to remember just stuff off the top of my head. I don't have the list in front of me. Um, it was two Siphoner Paladins, a Might Weaver, uh, three Dust of Brawlers. There was a Wind Conjuring in there. I think I had two Unbreakable uh, Traditions. Is that the name of the card? Uh, uh, yeah, Unbreakable Tradition, the one that doubles the size of a unit. Exactly. Um, there's a Finest Hour, a few uh, red uh, damage spells. Um, I just remember wonderful combat tricks with a, with a very acceptable, very decent creature lineup for this one. And I think I had a, a good uh, red rare also somewhere in there. Do you feel like you got lucky during the draft at all? For sure, for yeah. sure. Uh, part of it, part of it was definitely getting lucky, and the other part was reading the signals correctly. Um, like I mentioned earlier, I, I think that's a huge part of the format. You have to put yourself in a position to let your deck help you out if you yeah. if your play falls apart sometimes. Yeah. Um, did you? Uh, did you experience the same thing that I did in the tournament where, I mean, we all had to wait for the, um, for the tournament to start because there were some technical issues, mm-hmm. but also the brackets that they showed where we were going to be playing uh, against a specific person. Were you playing against the person that you were supposed to, or were you suddenly playing against someone else? No, it switched. It did switch. Yeah. So I had I, they had um, paired me up. In one match, and I looked at his deck list, right? You know, trying to just you know get get think ahead, and mm-hmm. and see if he had any specific bombs or tricks that I needed to watch it for. Um, and then before it started, I noticed it switched players. They switched the bracket around. I was like, oh no! I just I just thought about and got ready for this guy, and now I'm playing someone totally new. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what happened to me too. Um... And I was also I was also switched to play against um, uh, someone who had been Direwolf was uh, they had they had shown their draft um, that was Sunnyvale I think uh, they they had shown his his draft and everyone was very excited about his deck because <laughs> hey, I, it was I remember crazy I remember watching him draft that deck I was just like holy crap that deck is very powerful <laughs> yeah yeah that was my first opponent and only opponent <laughs> sorry heads. 
Yeah, <laughs> it was too bad. I, I, I put up a very good fight considering my card quality was at least something like a tenth of his. <laughs> oh wow, that's good. Yeah, yeah, uh, I, yeah. I just I just remember watching that draft and just feeling sorry for whoever <laughs> went up against yeah. it first. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> it was me. Well, now I know. <laughs> they didn't broadcast that game. It would have. It wouldn't have been very compelling. Viewing. <laughs> um, so what? What do you think? Because uh, you've, I think you've probably read a little bit more of the of the responses to the draft championship than I have. Um, what do you think? What do you think Eternal could do uh, to sort of satisfy people's need for this kind of thing? You know, like every time they do something interesting with draft, like the like the scion draft where it's sort of a cube style and it's a special draft event i think people get really excited about it should they have regular draft tournaments the way they have regular constructed tournaments i am 100 percent for that i i think that definitely needs to be included um i believe there are i don't think there are more people who want to draft as opposed to constructed but i think there are just as many um, and I believe draft is just more exciting. I think it's, I think people get more involved. People are more interested in the matches when it's not just the same four or five decks bashing e- each other. Yeah. And there's something, and there's something exciting about how temporary it all is where yes. you're only going to have so many games with this particular deck. Your opponent only has so many games with their particular deck. The the stakes are kind of higher, and yep. also you don't have to get stuck tinkering with the thing forever. You you That's you know you sort of it sort of burns brightly and then goes away. That's why I like it. And I think a lot of people don't play draft because the um because it is expensive in in game currency yeah. to enter draft. And if they had a, a cheaper way to draft, like with Phantom Drafts, where you don't keep the cards. That happen regularly, then, then I think people would be really into it. Yeah. Hmm. Well, so let's uh, let's talk specifically. Let's let's move away from this format because we've. Uh, I, I think that's really good. If anybody is, uh, if, if if anybody still needs tips on this format or ha- just doesn't have a good strategy, um, getting those five strength units. It sounds good, and then staying open. Do you, would you add anything else right now? It seemed it seemed like there was a third thing, but it it kind of fit in line with the other two. But I can't remember it now. All right. Well, if you remember it, share it. Um, but uh, let's let's talk about Eternal Draft more generally, okay. uh, because you like drafting aggro. Yes. And and what do you normally do? What's what's your approach uh, in a in a format where aggro is balanced a little bit better against defense? Okay, I I load up my deck with uh, two drops. Uh, it, it could even be one drops if the one drops are powerful enough. But that is one of the main things I look at, and one of the main indicators of if aggro is going to work well in a format i think is if there are enough powerful two drops um so if if i determine there are then i'll usually load up my deck with like seven to nine two drops that's a Um, lot yeah yeah and and i do this just to establish 
pressure, established tempo early on in the game. Uh, then I'm looking for um, other cards that will curve in behind those, uh, specifically, you know, powerful three drops, four drops, strong rares, uh, good, good removal, and specifically removal that can handle bigger creatures. So, like, if, if there was a choice between, like, I don't know, Torch and Vanquish, I, I want Vanquish. I want to be able to knock the bigger creatures out of the way, not necessarily the smaller ones. Um, and then, um, of course, any, any bomb rares you happen to see, but, but generally it's, it's keeping my curve lower and trying to get down on the board in front of the opponent. Does that mean, uh, that you're always drafting fire or have there been formats where you can draft aggro without, without a fire card? It, it often is, um, related to fire. Yes. I'm usually in fire. But there have been there definitely definitely have been other formats where it wasn't fire centric. Um, like recently, I think before the latest switch for the draft, um, I really like Justice. Uh, it's mostly because the Justice cards right now from. What set are we in? <laughs> I believe we're in nine. <laughs> right, right. From, from set nine are just very powerful. And so I was often finding myself pulled to justice. Um, and then... Well, there's uh, Chain Whip Bludgeoner, right? And then yes. Chain Whip Bludgeoner plus Badge of Honor is, of course, yep. one of the nastiest things you can do if yes. you're playing aggressively. Exactly. And then you had, let's see... Uh, love Siphoner Paladin just for just for pushing, uh, opening a gap in the opponent's defenses. Yep. Um, let's see what else. Also turns your turns your huge stable of two drops into into big old exactly. relic weapons. Exactly. Um, so yeah, and and then you know I, I often because I don't really <laughs> I often call it take it take it into the void. With me, like from that uh, that movie, has um, starts with the starts with the P with the big robots and the Gaijin. Um Pacific Rim. Yes, thank you, Pacific Rim. One of my favorite movies. Um, <laughs> uh huh. And uh, I, I say I t- I don't want to take anything into the void with me. That means clear my mind, and um, and because of that, I often don't remember the formats that came before, right? I'm, I'm solely focused on the current format. That's so, fair. You must, so have I, made, you must have made some memories, though. <laughs> that's right. That's it. So I, I can't point to any specific formats where it wasn't focused around fire, but I know there have been. Yeah, I, I couldn't tell you one either. I know that I've had aggressive decks... Uh, that didn't have fire in them, but they weren't typical. They were like uh, I, I know, like in in set nine in Argent Depths when it first came out, I had an Argentport deck. It was just this shadow, and it was very, very, very aggressive. Like it was, uh, it looked like a deck that would have fire in it, except it just didn't. <laughs> so because there are some very aggressive. Um, cards in injustice and then there's there's backup with like vorpal cutter in shadow right uh and so if you just happen to get a whole bunch of stuff that it only attacks then that's that's what your deck is yep. uh, but it was unusual i was I, I i start when i started getting good at draft and eternal 
I was drafting fire more than anyone else. And that was why I was doing well, because un I, I was one of the few people who was regularly drafting aggressive decks. And then as I sort of played more eternal and started getting bored with only playing aggro, then I started trying to figure out how to draft slower decks and like synergy based decks and things with different styles. But yeah. just being confident drafting and playing aggressively was kind of how I got my foothold in the first place. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah um, it, go ahead, sorry. I was going to say, when it comes to a tournament, whenever there's, uh, you know, added pressure, added prize or whatever on the line, added pride, you could say, um, then I stick to what works for me. And that that is always trying to move into aggro, um, always going with the strategies that I'm comfortable with if they're available. Um, and do you, uh, what you're saying right now about having five strength units for this <laughs> format, is that something that you're consciously aware of in other formats? Like what you're going to, what you're likely going to have to get past, like the units that are go going to be defending against you. Are you taking units that can specifically tangle with those guys? Or are you just sort of trying to build a really aggressive curve and then back it up with combat tricks. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm kind of glad you mentioned that because I think one thing that Sizzle and I do is we often try and find the what we call the magic number in a format uh, because it changes. For this one, I would say it's definitely five. But yeah. before, you know, it's been centered around three or four, uh, occasionally two. And what I mean by that is um, you have to look at the removal at common, and if a lot of it kills things that have, say, one life or two life, um, then you got to be conscious of that fact. And, and you don't want to load your deck up with a lot of those units because they are, it's very easy to take them back off the board. Like the, like the most opponents will have that removal uh, and, and be ready for them. And so I think there's a magic number often in a format, and usually it's three where um, if you can if you can get enough four life units, you know, you get some three fours, some two fours in your deck, and you just negate the power of their torch or their uh, essence drain or whatever else it is on three that's uh, trying to stop you, then that goes a long way towards pushing your deck around the, uh, the average opponent. Yeah, there was, uh, I, I seem to remember, uh, let's see, what set introduced the Evangels? Um, it was either the last set or the one before. Okay. Yeah, anyway, the Evangels are, there's, are, are a cycle. They're all, they're all two twos for two. Uh -huh. um, they all give you an influence when you draw them. And so they tend to be pretty desirable cards. Exactly. Um, and... And because you knew people were going to be playing them, or or like the strangers that create influence if they're one of the boosted cards in a format, then a two three for two suddenly became a much better card. You got it. That's that's exactly what I mean. Yeah. Um, and uh, the format uh, before the switch here, uh, when set when Argent Depths first came out, set nine. There were a lot of three threes for three in yep. the curated draft packs. A ton of them. Now there's zero, but there exactly. used to be a lot. <laughs> I, I think I think that's one of the things I felt. 
And I was like, where are my three threes for three? I run those so often and they just vanished. Yeah, there's a huge gap at three power now because of that, because there were so many um, and they were injustice. There were two injustice. There was the one that uh, stunned something when you uh, with renown and there was the one that. Yeah. Uh, and then there was the one that gains lifesteal if it uh, if it has four power or more. Uh, right. And those are not boosted at all now. Yeah, the Paladin. And yeah, uh, and so during the time when there were all those three threes for three, if you could get a three four for four, then that kind of shut down your opponent's entire game plan. It was interesting. Yep. Um, or a three four for three, which exists. <laughs> Frontline volunteer, get in there. <laughs> Yeah, we get in there with your blue hair and your two big swords. <laughs> I think I think I had one of those in my in my first draft in the championship too. It's that an incredibly good card. Yeah, so solid. Yes. Yeah, I, 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 that was my card of the week a couple of episodes ago uh, for that exact reason, which is that even if it didn't have any text on it or any special yeah. abilities, it would still be an amazing card in this format just for That's its right. stats. Um, even without the three threes for three, it still outclasses a lot of stuff because a lot of things attack for three in this format. That's right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I wanna, I wanna uh, ask you: Do you have you played other card games? Did you play Magic: The Gathering? Magic was where I started. Yep. Uh, played Magic started nineteen ninety six when I when I was about thirteen. So even before that, let's say 94, okay. late 94, and, and played that all the way up until I started Eternal. So and did, was, you, did you draft? Oh, yeah, yeah. Once, once I got comfortable, Pato <laughs> <laughs> just texted us. Um, yeah, once, I got, <laughs> once I got comfortable uh, playing uh, the, the basic game, right, then immediately it was into tournaments. Nice. Like uh, Friday night tournaments or bigger ones? Start, start at Friday night, and then we moved on up into the uh, Grand Prix and okay. whatever else, you know, came close locally. Did you have Did you have much success there? I did have a little bit. Um, I, I quickly became uh, one, of the, one of the better players in our group, um, and uh, I wanted more. I just had that fire. I just wanted to compete and, and do well. So uh, one year when the uh, Grand Prix came to Indy, where I'm situated, uh, we went and played, and I made top eight on that one in 2006. And that, nice. felt, that felt really good. Yeah, I bet it did. Uh, I, I unfortunately, when I was drafting Magic, wasn't in a major population center, so I would have had to travel to, in order to participate in a larger tournament. But I yeah. did have the fire that you're talking about, where I didn't want to just draft, I wanted to be the best. That's right. Uh, <laughs> and sometimes I was for a little while. Um, I, I, enjoyed, I enjoyed Magic Draft. How, much, uh, of the, how, ma- how many of the skills that you had from, from drafting Magic like really apply to eternal the it's it's almost a direct port over to to eternal they are almost exactly the same skills um it's that i think the only difference is like in the pack layout Uh, whereas in magic it's three packs of 15 and now in uh eternal it's four packs of 12. yeah the signals in pack one 
um, if you're in a Magic the Gathering draft, are much more important than any signals you might get from pack two. Exactly. Uh, because you're not setting yourself up for a pack, a good pack four. You're setting yourself up for a pack three. Exactly. Yeah. Um, one thing that I had trouble adjusting to when I made the switch to Eternal was... It, it's a little hard to describe, but it's just sort of the feeling of the signals when I'm drafting. Like, they don't feel clear the same way as they would if I was at a table um, drafting with seven other people, or even in Magic the Gathering Online. Uh, it, like, if I got a signal, I could be fairly sure that it was, in fact, a signal. Whereas yes. in Eternal, sometimes I feel like if I see a good card very late in a pack, it's because there were four crazy people ahead of me. <laughs> sure, exactly. <laughs> Or people rare drafting, which is, you know, produces yep. more or less the same effect. Yep. Uh, so I I just I feel like you have to stay more open in eternal. Uh, and it's especially true in this format, as you've been saying. But sure. In any eternal format, you got to stay a little open because some of your signals might be huge misfires. That's right. Yeah. And I, let's say I dabbled in a few other ones. Um, Gwent, I, I briefly touched, and Hearthstone. Played a little bit of Hearthstone. Yeah, I played a little Hearthstone as well. Actually, I guess I played Hearthstone for a while before I found Eternal. Yeah, and I then... guess I, yeah, I agree. I, I guess I shouldn't say a little Hearthstone. I played it for like a year and a half. <laughs> yeah, that's a little. If you played a turtle for like three years, then Hearthstone was a little. <laughs> so, do you think uh, do you think your fatigue is going to last? Your draft fatigue is going to last until they switch the format up again, or um, will you be will you be getting back in the queues? Yeah, kind kind of, sort of. I've I like I said recently, just this week. Um, I've had a little bit of success again, and that's kind of what drives me. Uh, if I feel that I can win in a format, then I'm usually playing more. Uh, once once I get ground out in enough drafts, you know, say t- three in a row where I go like 0-3 or 1-3 or 2-3, then I'm not I'm not feeling it as much anymore. <laughs> yeah. So I'm I'm kind of back on the uptick as far as getting back in the queues right now because I've had two back-to-back good drafts for sure what's the what's the been the highlight of this format for you highlight of this format (laughs) have you had one (laughs) exactly it's a good question because i don't know if i've had one um i think i had a seven and oh deck um oh okay it was a rack and oh one seven no on the second on september 2nd Okay, so is that pretty much just efficient units and a bunch of combat tricks? That's it. Yeah, yeah. I got the list here. Let's say this this one actually didn't have that many spells. It, yeah, this one was more about the units and me realizing. Oh, here's a here's a good point. Uh, the plunder cards are very um, sought after now for me. They're they're very important to me. Um, so this one had Boulder Gate Guard, Eager Deputy. I think those are the only two plunder cards, but I, I try and I try and include oh, uh, beseech the throne and the spells, uh, but I try and include uh, plunder wherever I can now, uh, just because it helps smooth out your draws. 
and that that seemed to be very important. Yeah, that's uh, that's something that I found to be even more important if you're playing an aggressive deck than if you're playing a slower deck because you're you're going to be running out of steam in an aggressive deck. Like your your card by card quality might not be as good as somebody who is who has built their deck around defending early that's and then it. taking over the game with big powerful cards. Yep. Um, so if you miss a power drop or don't have the right power to cast your cards on curve, your cards start, stop looking good over the course of a game. That's it. Let's see, this, so, one, this one had, uh, again, Might Weaver and three Dust Hoof Brawlers. Go figure. Yep. <laughs> um, two Centaur Outriders, the 5-2 for four. Um, two Frontline Volunteers, who we were just talking about. Yeah. Uh, there's a Steam Rider in there, one Siphoner Paladin, Caravan Guard, you know, the two Plunder cards I mentioned earlier, uh, General Izalio at the top of the curve. So yeah. this, this just fits kind of to a T, what we were just talking about. Uh, big, big creatures to finish that can hit for five with the Outriders, the Brawlers, and General Izalio. Uh, Might Weaver just to power those up into uh, Demigod level. <laughs> and, and then a couple tricks. This, see, this one doesn't have as many tricks as I wanted. This wasn't tricked out like the uh, draft championship one. This one has two rebukes, which is a very important card still. Um, Relentless Pursuit because of the Might Weaver, uh, Dive Bomb, and Armed and Dangerous. That's it. And then uh, a few cards in the market because uh, I had a Fire Etchings market available. Well, I think Rebuke is actually a card that people don't necessarily always agree on. Right. Uh, it's a it's a it's a two uh, two power justice spell um, that just says silence and stun an enemy unit. Right. And I think a lot of people don't like playing it, and maybe those are people who aren't as comfortable playing aggressively. <laughs> Why do you like it? I like it because. In this format specifically, and for previous formats, it saves you from dying to a bomb. It, yeah. it absolutely stops their flyer that they could have won with. Um, it, it renders their bomb um, skillless, for lack of a better term. Uh, and so it's much easier to deal with, or it just doesn't automatically kill you if the game goes long. Um, but then also, on top of that, when I'm playing aggro, it just creates a gap in their defenses that I can continue to push through um, for, you know, one and a half turns. And that's very valuable to me. Uh, and and one, of the, one of the scourges of any aggro deck in this format, besides the cards, bes besides all those, like, three-drop commons that are very effective, um, is Greenstone Officer. Yeah. Uh, which is a uh, two-two with life steal and imbue for two justice, justice, justice. Um, and I found that if you don't have an answer for that thing, it's gonna it's gonna be the cause of a couple of your losses on any <laughs> draft run. <laughs> when when this format just started, or maybe it was just after the switch, and I was still streaming, I remember. Um, I was like, as a guy who used to frequent my uh, my chat, and he just he just came in and he said, "Greenstone officer once again." Then he like came in the next day and he's like, two Greenstone officers can't stand that card." Yeah, <laughs> it, it was just wearing him out, and I was just like, 
and I hadn't seen the card yet because it was like the when the format just started. And I was like, what's Greenstone Officer? I don't know. And he's like, trust me, you're gonna need some defense against this card. Yeah, I had someone I had someone contact me in game without starting a conversation, just told me, <laughs> Looks like Greenstone Officer is the best uncommon, and then left. <laughs> just just randomly blurted it out. Yep. Just wanted to tell me that. Just had some knowledge to share. That's kind of how it was, though. He was just like, it's an officer. <laughs> I was like, okay, all right, I got it. Yeah, and because it's an uncommon, like, it's not quite the scourge of the format that other, like, dominant cards have been, but it's definitely a good card. And then uh, silencing it is really one of the best ways of of ending its its reign of terror because you know oh. it's just a two two if you silence it. That's right. Once you once you take its teeth out, can't bite you anymore. Oh boy, that thing. <laughs> <laughs> like there's a there's a there's a card in the format plunder which uh, does three damage. It's a fire spell, um, and it does double damage if it is uh, if if it is is targeting something with life steal or endurance. Oh, uh, pillage. Stone. Plunder. Or pillage. No, yeah, pillage. It wouldn't be plunder because that's a mechanic. Yeah, pillage. <laughs> and uh, and and that sounds great. Like, it would be a great way of dealing with Greenstone Officer, but Greenstone Officer 100% of the time gets imbued onto a 3-5, and so it has to step in help anyway. <laughs> you like, stupid pillage. <laughs> <laughs> like, this isn't any better than the 3 damage. You were supposed to save me, Pillage. I hate you. <laughs> this is the exact problem that you're built for, and you don't do your job. <laughs> Go pillage somebody else, you stupid guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to pillage my own face. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> you know, I'm glad, I'm glad you mentioned what, what was the highlight, because this deck was the highlight, because I remember this, this deck... I think I even wrote in the comment. Let me see. Um, it's it one that where I said, um, "Oh, this one made me." Okay, it was one before. It wasn't that deck, but it was this. This is the comment. This deck taught me that Might Weaver is kill on sight in parentheses. Yeah. Um, and so this one was just fun. This was a highlight because Might Weaver just kept showing up with Dust of Brawler. <laughs> just kept pounding people to dirt with it. So if you see, I don't think it's possible to see them both in the same pack. Okay. Uh, but if you see Oni Battle Driver and Might Weaver, which would you rather have in your deck? It's still Might Weaver first for me, but it's the the margin is closing. The gap is closing after playing with Battle Driver more. Yeah, it's a good card, right? Mm-hmm. Lovely. And and don't don't get the two together like I was watching uh, Sizzle do earlier today. Oh yeah. Yeah, because so uh, uh, anyone who doesn't have the cards in their mind, uh, Might Weaver is a 2-2 for 3 uh, fire. And uh, it says any um, any unit that you control with 5 or more strength does double damage. Uh, mm-hmm. And it also has a surge ability that increases its power by 1 um, right. uh, until end of turn. Uh, which is occasionally relevant because it helps you pump the Might Weaver itself up to 5 strength right. and then it deals right. double damage. Let me get in there. And then Oni Battle Driver is a 3 3 for 4 fire, um, and you can pay 2 once per turn to give any unit you control um, 
plus strength equal to the number of units you have uh, and also overwhelm and then you sacrifice that unit at the end of the turn and one of the reasons i like battle driver I, i've probably talked about this on previous episodes but i'll talk about it again is that people play against it terribly <laughs> Yes. They don't know what to do when That's you right. send guided missile after guided missile at them. They'll block in order to save two damage, you know, <laughs> but then they lose one of their units. Like, I would say 75% of people have no idea what Battle Driver even does, even though it's right there and they can look at it. Oh, crap. <laughs> There's a missile coming at me, what do I do? I don't know. Block? I don't know. <laughs> Just you got a block, right? Um, <laughs> it says it's going to die, but I don't trust it. I, I laugh, I laugh, but I've totally seen it. I've totally seen it in action. Yeah, yeah, it's a ve- it's very strange. Um, but also, another another hidden thing about Battle Driver is, uh, it's not hidden, but it, it just sort of doesn't come into play that often, is mm-hmm. that even though the unit sacrifices itself at mm-hmm. the end of the turn, the bonus it gets is permanent. Mm, preach, preach. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so any any of your cards that care about the strength of something in the void are, are going to be boosted by that yeah. and if you can bring it back from the void then it's unbelievable <laughs> don't, don't, don't bring back something that just got a 8, eight power, sorry I'm going too high uh, 5 power and overwhelm boost on it yeah, yeah it's uh it's kind of a good thing that the Void Recursion is so weak in this set. Otherwise, Battle Driver would be probably too good. Yep. Um, but but Might Weaver, yeah. Might Weaver, I think, wasn't obviously a bomb. Exactly. But then once you've played with it, and if your goal is to do a whole lot of damage in a short period of time, yeah, it really reveals itself. That was it. Once I realized Might Weaver is as powerful as it is i started drafting it very highly yeah and i think that i think in the last format might weaver and battle driver might have been closer but in this format um because of the presence of the of the dust hoof brawler which we were talking about Mm -hmm. several times here um might weaver is is an incredibly safe bet because you're gonna see those brawlers um, I think in the last format, uh, Inferno Zealot was boosted and Dust yeah, of yeah. wasn't. So maybe what I'm saying is totally incorrect because pairing it with Inferno Zealot is obviously completely ridiculous. Yes. Because <laughs> Inferno Zealot's an 8 one. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It does yeah, 16 was, damage with a Might Weaver on the that board. That was one of my favorite combos to put together just Might Weaver and Zealot and, and watch my opponent try and survive. Yeah, yeah, good luck. Also, you have Darkfire. If you have Might Weaver... Oh, don't, don't even get me started. Don't get me started. Don't on Darkfire? With, yeah. with the Zealot, with the Might Weaver. Oh, that that was a highlight. That was a yeah. highlight. You have more than 24 life this turn? <laughs> no, I guess you're dead. <laughs> and I, I just want to see the, the look on my opponent's faces sometimes, where, where I just rip that out of my back pocket, and they're just like... Really? <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess none of my cards say gain twenty five life, so I lose. And you and you feel so safe going into that turn too. You don't know what that it's coming. You're yeah. just like, I just lost twenty four life in one turn. What just happened? <laughs> yeah. 
do you uh do you play Mandrake Shambler? The the four one with imbue can't block. I have I have touched on him. I've briefly briefly um played him. The, but I think the reason I don't play more shamblers in this particular format is because I think Shadow is very weak. Yeah. <laughs> or at least the creatures are. Like the spells, you still need the shadow spells, but you don't want the shadow bodies. It's very weird. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, the 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 shadow units are obviously really bad in packs mm-hmm. two and three right now. Mm-hmm. Not terrible in packs one and four, but they that was never the reason you went into shadow. Um, right. Even before the draft changes, you went in for the really powerful spells, and then uh, you kind of uh, and other than Vorpal Cutter, you would sort of you would sort of attack with your other faction, but. Yeah, now you kind of have to you kind of have to get a little bit lucky, and because everyone knows that shadow is really terrible, um, sometimes you get some treasures uh, yes. midway through a pack. Anyway, um, I, I, just because we were talking about dark fire, I've found that the more dark fires I've managed to pick up, the more I want to play Mandrake Shambler because it's one of the few ways to make something with a lot of strength on the board. That's right. That's right. And and um, that's why I was I was entertaining him in a few decks. Yeah, it's it's not it's not too bad when you can suddenly do nine damage to someone's face because you've got a shambler out. Um, but obviously, it's nice to be able to block with things. <laughs> That's right. The problem with shambler is that you imbue on something, and so now that can't attack or block, and your shambler <laughs> can't block. Shambler is a greedy. He's a greedy creature. Okay, he's just like I want to attack everybody. No one gets to block. And it doesn't have overwhelm or anything. So. That's right, that's right. He's so greedy. He's just like, I'm, I'm going to come and ruin your chances to block, and you only get to attack and shut up. Yeah. This game is all about me now. <laughs> no one would describe me as a bum, but no. Game's about me. We just determined, we just determined Shambler is a diva. <laughs> Oh, yes, honey. Yes, I'm going to attack and shut your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mandrake Shambler, spilling the tea. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> there's some other corner case cards, because you got to cobble together what you can right now, right? That's it. It's, it's, it's about cobbling together the shoes in this format. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Yeah. Um, let's see. How likely are you to put Caravan Guard into your uh, into your aggressive Recano deck? Good question. Um, I'm still pretty likely to put it in. It's it's just a, it, the card is too good almost. Yeah. Um, even even when I can't attack with it, I'm playing it a lot in those decks. Um, now I have cut. Caravan Guard a few times, let's say two times, out of my aggressive Rakuto decks because the deck was just loaded, right? And right. and I didn't necessarily need it because it couldn't attack. Uh, but often it is still included in every Rakuto deck I'm playing. Yeah, that's how I feel about it, too. Um, it's a 3-5 that can't attack unless you, uh, unless you have 5 Justice. 
Mm-hmm. It only costs three, though, and so it's just a massive board presence. Yep. And sometimes you end up racing if you're if you're uh, if you're drafting an aggressive deck. As, uh, one of the ways you can lose is if your opponent has very strong control. But the other way you lose is if your opponent goes under you and is faster. Exactly. And exactly. they're not the, the caravan guard can can kind of uh, shut down an opponent's entire strategy for a couple of turns. So totally. And also, there are imbue units that you're going to put in, a, in an aggressive deck, like the one one for four with imbue that keeps growing. And Caravan Guard is a really good card to imbue off of. Yeah, I was hoping you were going to go there next, because if you didn't, I was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a there's a there's a a one one for three and fire that has berserk, and yeah. there's the and then there's the the one one for four, and both of those love a Caravan Guard. Yep. I often say Caravan Guard is my favorite unit to imbue off of. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, hmm. Do you have any other thoughts? I'm a little bit out of questions. Um, I guess just these these latest two drafts, um, you know, kind of go back to the Ancient Serpent. But these were just two that, um, again, I recorded these... Uh, just because I felt good. I felt good to finally win a few games again. <laughs> and uh, so the first one was um, Felm. It was Felm with a, with a uh, who's the card? Kenna. Kenna splashed in the market for a, from a Primal Etchings market. <clears throat> oh, the, like the legendary yeah, Dragon Shaman? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it had like two ways to play her. One fire symbol and one in prison. And so I was, I was very surprised that she showed up as much as she did because it just kept lining up where I'd get one of those um, double fire sources and the etchings, have a card to throw away to go get her, and then she come in and, and cause havoc. Yeah. Um, so this was a slower deck, though. Yes, exactly. Well, now that I'm looking at it, maybe it wasn't that slow. It was, uh, <laughs> it was uh, again, uh, two Shifting Illusions. I like my Plunder cards. Uh, and then we started off, oh, this one's kind of aggressive. This one had uh, Twilight Raptor, Linray Evangel, Sky Serpent, uh, Prism Golem, two Tundra Explorers, Acrid Scorpion, Jeral's Frostkin. So this one this one actually got the damage going pretty quickly. <clears throat> and then at the, at the top end, I just pounded it in, pounded it home with uh, Ursine, Spellbound Ursine, Ancient Serpent. Uh, Mr. Sloppy Big himself, Direwood Rampager, yep, uh, Arachnidon, and Bane Wolf at the top of the curve. Yeah, you gotta play. You gotta play Rampager. <laughs> that's it. I think it, uh, I even had a Storm Prowler in there, uh, which which is a card that's been you know kind of exciting for me recently. I used to just stay away from him. Yeah, um, there were. I think there were more easy ways to silence cards. Uh, Storm Prowler is a is a. Uh, if we're talking about the same card, it's a yeah. six. It's it costs six. It takes four primal influence. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a zero zero, but it gets plus one plus one for each other unit or each or is it does it count itself? I think it counts itself. Too. Okay, so it's it's at least a one one. But if you silence it, it immediately dies. It's one of those cards um, that does that. And I think there was more silence in the format before the changeover, and so it was a little more common to just get that thing in your final pile and say, "No, nah, it's never going to live." <laughs> right. Exactly. 
And, uh, uh, it, it but was... but yeah, it's uh, but it's a fine finisher because it's usually it's usually a four four or something by the time it's you right. can actually cast it. Yeah, it's not hard to get him to four four, right? Yeah. Um, I've experimented a little bit with it, but I I have been avoiding those four influence commons like the plague for so long and been happy doing so. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, that I it's like it's a little bit hard to to imagine the situation where I would finally get a storm prowler into into my deck and sort of be happy about it. But I guess if I were in primal and I needed another big flyer, then sure. Have you done? Have you have you drafted much skycrag in this in this format or the you know since argent deaths with but, uh with fire primal? You say wish dragon. Have you drafted much uh much skycrag? Oh, skycrag. Okay. Yeah. Uh, um... No, I'm glad you asked because um, Sizzle convinced me that it was uh, one of the weakest uh, two-color combos. That's interesting. Why? And because um, the the spells, it, it, it's it's kind of weird. It's like the spell and uh, creature intersection. It's very easy to not get enough power in your deck where you have a lot of, you know, two power guys, you know, ev- evangels, um, the two one charge I was talking about earlier, yeah. uh, where you just don't see anything else. And so these guys become your creature curve. And then, you know, maybe you have uh, a brawler or two. Uh, a storm, a storm prowler that's not really supported. And it just seemed it just seemed like the decks just kept not coming together for me um and and sometimes there were decks that i thought were good that were gonna go on to win and i just got clobbered and i'm just like what am i missing here and and i found i think one of the main reasons is because i couldn't get big creatures off their side of the board right none of the removal is permanent um like you can frost something and you can get rid of it temporarily Yep. And Frost is a good card in aggro, I think you'll agree. Yes. But uh, as far as just actually taking care of something, uh-huh. um, yeah, it's difficult. Like, if you if you didn't see the permafrost or the changey sticks, uh, you're kind of in a bad spot on, on handling the big creatures. I had a fair amount of luck with Skycrag before the, the change. Exactly. Um, because the unit spread was a little better. Gale Prowler was boosted, and there were yep. there was plenty of spell support. And Gale Prowler was kind of the way you finished them off. That's it. I agree. Um, but now Gale Prowler isn't boosted, so you can't count on having anything that can really effectively t- attack in the air anymore. Okay. Um, so, yeah. And, th- and that's really what you wanted. You wanted efficient removal and then finish in the air with Skycrag because your ground units weren't going to be intrinsically powerful enough. Okay, so we've talked about Arcana. We've talked a little bit about Stone Scar, which is obviously worse now because uh, because of the state of Shadow. Um, okay. How about Praxis? Praxis I love. Uh, I think Praxis is one of the strongest combinations uh, because I feel like, <clears throat> although time definitely took a hit, uh, with the latest switch, and you, you, there's just not nearly as many beefy time creatures floating around. Um, I think the the strategy of uh, five cost matters is still very viable for Praxis. Yes, because that's always been kind of a sub theme of Praxis, not in this not in this last set specifically, 
but there's been a five strength matters before exactly. uh, like three or four sets ago and so they brought some of those cards back now so uh with only a handful of cards but there's a few of them in this format there's the two two for two that makes your five strength guys cheaper that's a common, and that's yep. boosted right now. And then there's the there's the one one flyer that draws two cards when you make a five strength guy, which uh, even though it's not a fast card on its own, it's obviously pretty good if you're really prioritizing things with five strength in the first place. Right. Um, how high do you take Sage of Sands? It's the five five for five uncommon that you might see in pack one. Sage of Sands is a is a fairly high pick. I'd say he's like. Uh, I'm looking for him, you know, third pick and on. He's not like bomb rare. He's not uh, hard removal, but I I definitely want him if I'm in time. Yeah. That's been my experience, too, is that Praxis is pretty good in this format. And it's been, other than that five strength sort of synergy, mm-hmm. I guess I haven't been really sure why. <laughs> it just sort of okay. seems like it works out. That's right. Yeah. Well, all right. Um, I know that you're not uh, not streaming regularly right now. Hopefully you'll come back to it um, before too long, because I'm sure that uh, people who are viewing you regularly miss you. Uh, but can you tell me, because I've been curious, what's the Eric experience? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm glad you have. The, the Eric experience, I wanted to create a, a happy, positive experience for anyone who came to watch and that was and that's me uh just laughing at at jokes just having a good time it it and it's specifically trying to get other people to laugh and and specifically that laugh where you start crying (laughs) because you're (laughs) laughing so hard or you're having such a good time and if I can bring tears to somebody's eyes because they're laughing so hard, that's what the Eric experience is about. That's good. Okay. That's uh, that's more specific than I was expecting. So I'm happy about that. That's it. <laughs> is, uh, uh, is someone it, should be helpless. <laughs> that's, that's right. That's right. And, and I've done it to myself multiple times on stream where I just start laughing so hard that I'm crying. And and those are the times that I'm just having such a good time with my viewers that uh, it made me want to keep going. Uh, that's fantastic. Well, mm-hmm. that uh, sounds like a good reason to get back to it when you finally have time again. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, so do you have any more any more thoughts about anything this format card games life? Uh, Life, life is good. Life is good. Uh, happy, healthy. You know, son is doing great. Uh, home, homeschooling him. Yep, uh, yep. So yeah, my time is is taken up, but uh, everything is is working out well for me right now. Have they have they talked about when the follow up to the uh, have they have they figured out uh, from the draft championship who's actually make going to worlds or do they still need to have that tournament? Okay, we're still having it. It's coming up this weekend. Oh, okay. Um, I think it's, I don't know whether it's Saturday or Sunday. I got to polish up because we kind of put it on hold for a second. And then uh, the the people who win their next match. So we have eight right now, and the four winners are automatically uh, going to Worlds. Will you have to draft a new deck? No, we keep the deck we already drafted. Seven of us. 
already drafted. The eighth player had connection issues, and so they didn't get to draft. So they had to do a draft, and I, I think they did theirs, or maybe they'll still do that the day of, and then we're ready to play. All right. Well, I don't uh, have my my own horse in this race, of course, um, but I want to wish you good luck uh, in getting to the top four. Um, I that it's it's very exciting to be that close to having a place in the world championship. I imagine is it? Yes, yes, yes. I am. Um, I was. I was. I. I was feeling the fire uh, with. <laughs> When the draft championship was going on, I felt very confident after uh, Sizzle helped me out and I did my first draft in the championship and I just felt good. And I was just like, yes, let's keep going. And so then when they said we had to put the top eight on hold, I was like, no, <laughs> I, was, I was so amped up. I just felt I was I was playing well and I wanted to finish it right there and then. I think it's really good that you have a friend to really get like down into brass tacks and like analyze the format with before a big tournament like that. Uh, Sizzle, Sizzle has been a friend who is basically irreplaceable, right? Uh-huh. He's been such a good friend to me through every phase of my life. And I'm going to start crying because it's been so, he's just been there for me. The whole time, I wasn't even gonna play. Okay, I just wanted to just just put it away, put it up, because I was just not having any success with the format. And he's like, "Nah, man, nah, man." He's like, "Come check this out." And uh, so, yeah, it's it's been wonderful having him because he is also he's he's a harsh taskmaster. Also, so he'll be like, "No, that was a that was a mistake. That was a bad play." And I and I've gotten a lot better because of that because I had him to push me and because I also want it to be better uh, because he was involved and, and he analyzes so much data. He's constantly watching other people's streams. He's constantly playing the game himself. And so, yeah, it's it's great to have in your back quarter. That's really good to hear. Uh, That's a heart. It's a heartwarming tale. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Sizzle spent some time uh, in my chat when I was streaming too, uh, um, and often giving giving really good advice. So, mm-hmm. shout out to Sizzle Steam. Um, yeah. uh, any other thoughts before we close up here? No, I think I think you you've asked some great questions. Thank you. Well, thank you. Uh, you've been a great guest. Um, so that is uh, that is our show. Thank you again to all of our patrons for make, helping make this show a success. Uh, those of you who are not patrons, uh, this is just a reminder to give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Google Play, wherever you're listening to this podcast. Uh, join us in our Discord. The link will be in the show notes. And finally, thumbs up all of Raven Dragon's Reddit posts about the show. And don't forget to send all your seven-win deck lists you do this week to farmingeternal at gmail.com. And remember to keep on farming. Good night. (laughs) Good night, everybody.